Oh, now you want to join, you fucking whore ass bitch. <laughs> We're a man short, and the podcast is two days late, but two thirds of us are still with you. Let's talk about some wrestling. Welcome to the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. Hello, everybody. We are the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. We're brought to you by the fine folks at Media Junkie. You can catch up on all of our previous episodes in our archive. You can also find out about information regarding our podcast by checking out our Instagram and our Twitter, which is at Live Your Gimmick. That's L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. M-O-U-S-E. There he is. We are Media Junkie's flag jeez i'm just totally fucked that up we are media junkies wrestling podcast but if you like video games and enjoy about others who like them too make sure you check out our buddy jamar on his podcast called why are you a gamer it's actually turned into more of why are you kind of a series he's done um, spoiler casts which i was a part of with the last of us too and he's also done reviews on other games and stuff like that too so it's kind of turned into a a nice little fun little gig he's got over there so make sure you check that out you can also check michael and i out on our flagship podcast which is called the fanboy fight club so make sure you search media junkie on your favorite podcast app like spotify apple google spotify podcast uh, Castbox, stitcher you name it we're on all of them. You just have to subscribe to all of our shows. If you do subscribe on Apple, make sure you leave us a five-star comment on how you like the show. If you don't know by now, my name is Jason. I'm the self-proclaimed voice of Media Junkie. We have no La Historia on tonight, so one half of our less sexy co-hosts is not featured in tonight's episode. But we do have our, well, I guess it's Sunday night snark attack. We have Michael. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not a whole lot. Just, uh, you know, living the dream on a Sunday night when it's 90 degrees out. <laughs> Man, I, I will take 90 degrees because we had a pool party today, and it is like 70 degrees and rainy all day oh, at, I'll uh, treat in you Ohio. In fucking heartbeat. <laughs> My God. All the days, man. Like we, so my brother-in-law who listens to the show. So shout out to my buddy Riley. Hey, what's up, buddy? Um, he came into town, and um, the whole idea for today was to have like a pool party, something fun to do, you know, with the kids and the whole family, stuff like that. Um, you know, while still social distancing, right? Uh, but uh, <laughs> oh, oh, um, wait, nudge, nudge. <laughs> But the uh, the weatherman decided to have some other plans for us, but we still went along and did what we wanted to do anyway. We just kind of suffered through it. So it was kind of chilly out here in Ohio. It was like 71 degrees. It was raining all day. The rain was cold, but we spent the entire day in the pool. And we still had a blast. So uh, we kind of gave up a big middle finger to Mother Nature and just, just did what we wanted. So there's no storms. It was just cloudy and rainy. So, But, uh, but it was cool. Uh, how was your weekend? Um, I mean, I watched most of Umbrella Academy, so I'd say pretty good. Oh, cool. All right. That's more of a fanboy fight club type show than a, than a uh, gimmick minute type show, but all the same, right? It's just the two of us. So we might as well just talk about whatever, right? Yeah. (laughs) Who, who needs to prove that we don't need Kevin on the show to stay focused? (laughs) Right. Exactly. 
Yeah, I'm trying to, I've been, I've had a paper due for my school and I've had some other shit going on. Super busy all weekend. So we tried to fit this in when we could. Kevin said he couldn't be a part of it. So you just have Michael and I. So here we go. No, no, let's, 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 you know, let's, let's be honest with people. He didn't say he couldn't be a part of it. He says he's a little bitch and he needs a nappy poo. So <laughs> yeah, he's going to bed early. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have anything better going on. He's just bitching out. Yeah, he, he had a busy weekend too, but his caused him to go to bed at 10 o'clock or before 10 o'clock because we started recording this around 10. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the only thing this week I really didn't get a chance to watch, I really wanted to, was uh, Gallows and Anderson's pay-per-view called Talk and Shop a Mania. So I was hoping that it was available on the app that I watch, but if if worse comes to worse, it was only 15 bucks on Fight fight tv so i want to try and watch it just because i've, I've been listening to their podcast i've heard them talk about it and i it sounds like it'd be freaking hilarious so uh, do you know anything about it or have you heard I, anything I've about seen it clips on instagram and it looks like it's a wild ride okay all right yeah so i i guess cardona finally had his uh, his I don't know, his rematch with Rapid Delivery, Delivery Rory Fox. Chavo Guerrero made an appearance and had a match at the pay-per-view. And then, what, well, we had Sex Ferguson and Chad Tubad in a boner yard match. So, yes. yeah. And, and then uh, Teddy Long shows up. All right. There's a that. ton of cameos. I saw Enzo was on there, too. So um, uh, Brian Myers tag teams with Swoggle dressed as Mike Cardona. <laughs> even better all right cool so yeah so it sounds like this this show is going to be a lot of fun so i'm definitely going to check it out sometime this Which, week when i get some that, time that story actually it's funnier because then after that swoggle is in the major wrestling figure podcast uh patreon facebook group and he's selling yeah. his ring worn attire from that fucking oh my god talking shop of media and i'm awesome. like oh my god that was awesome. Well, and you know, they, they talked a lot about it on their show and, and they did this in Gallows's backyard. Yeah, so it's definitely a backyard whole, wrestling. Yeah, they did the whole thing in his backyard and you know they they talked about you know the parties and everything and how like crazy it was and it sounds like if just the stories leading up to it were so crazy, I can only imagine how crazy the actual show is. So I'm excited to check it out. I, I wanna I definitely want to see it, see what, what happens, but but yeah, I'm so, more impressed they actually got this thing on pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it's like, on Fight, though. I don't know if it's on... I don't think it's on to, like, direct TV or anything I, like that. According to what, I, what everything was in the uh, Facebook groups, it was on pay-per-view. Like, the, the advertisement said, order on pay-per-view or Fight TV. Really? Oh, yeah, wow. so... I'm like, damn, they fucking... I didn't... I mean, yeah, I guess I, they, they got, they've got... They probably get, were able to use their, their contacts with uh, Impact. Right, yeah, that, but still, like something like that is so random to just be on pay per view. Yeah, the other thing they were saying too, and I guess we can talk about this real quick to kind of lead us into the conversations about the TV shows this past week. But you know, they're um they're talking about how they're texting AJ all the time about coming back to Impact now, so they're trying to okay. like wear down AJ to get him to come back to Impact. I man, I don't know. Like, I, I've watched a little bit, a bit of Impact. Like, I watched Slammiversary. I watched a little bit of the show that followed it. And it's still, man, like, even with Gallows and Anderson on there, and even with, like, some of these other guys that have, have kind of found homes there, it still doesn't feel like anything less than the third brand that's a, that's out there right now. Like, it just doesn't, production-wise and just storyline-wise and just anything that's going on, doesn't feel 
I don't know, man. It just doesn't feel right. I, I agree. It, it feels like like discount WCW still. It, it's yeah. Um, especially it, it when you've be... got a startup like AEW. It's like, okay, so Impact's been around for how many years? And AEW's production is so much like further than Impact's is. And it's right. like, okay, why? Like, I get this is great for, you know, these guys to have a place where they can be creative and still get paid decent money and and all that. But like, why would you try to convince your best friend to take a demotion? Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's like, like taking three steps back. Yeah. That, that's like them being like, Hey, yeah. So we know that you became the manager of the, uh, the car dealership and all, and you're making all this money and stuff, but you don't really get to make the decisions because you're the corporate's bitch. How about you come back to the sales floor so we can all have fun again and you have to work on commissions. Like, yeah. It just it doesn't make sense, like. But do it at a less reputable car dealership that doesn't yeah. have nearly the same clientele. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I get, I, I totally am, uh, am on board with you, and I feel like you know, and honestly, it would mean a lot to Impact Wrestling, but it wouldn't do anything for AJ Styles. Yeah, do zero for like if if Impact was like we're going to we're going to fucking compete with these other two. We're going to go and be on a major network. They're going to be on fucking CBS or something Thursday nights and they're going to like throw their like hat in the ring and try to legit put money into this and and compete and AJ's going to lead the way just like Jericho did for AEW. Sure. That makes right. sense. But for him to leave being a main star in the biggest wrestling company on the planet to just go hang out with his buddies like <laughs> yeah it just seems like i get that they're like i I finally started listening to uh to their their uh countdown to fucktown about yeah. halfway through it and you you could tell they are very bitter um, oh, yeah. about what Not happened enough. um so i get why they're like like it'd, it'd be like back in the day when you know we left gamestop and we tried to convince all of our friends to leave gamestop because of what a shit company it was um but like at the same time it's like okay well they're in a good spot they've got a shit ton of vacation built up and and perks and stuff and they're making enough money that they're happy with it so it it didn't make sense for them like it's the same kind of concept like there just comes a point where it's like you can still be friends with someone and hang out and not work for the same company right Oh, without a doubt. And and I'm, and that's not to say, too, that when AJ's contract's up, because he said this is the last contract he's going to sign in wrestling, right? He wants to be done when this contract is done. So He's even recently said that he wants to move on after this contract to being either a producer or he'd ideally like to be a recruiter and get to go to these indie shows and find guys to bring in to, like, NXT and stuff. Um, but, yeah, he, he's, he's pretty much made it clear that after this contract, he ideally is going to retire from in ring. Yeah. And and that's good for him. And he's got to do what's right by his family as well. I mean, he's got four small children. He's got a wife at home. You know, he wants to take care of his body and be done and, and trying to bring a company from the ashes, like impact, which seems to like, this company seems to be like a cockroach, man. It just won't go away. It just, right. It, like, the impact <laughs> will not die. Like no matter what you do, impact just keeps coming back. Yeah. So, you know, it, it just, you know, it, it really wouldn't do him any good to, to do that one. It, you know, I don't know. I'm not even going to say it'll hurt his legacy, but you know, it's, 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 just I mean, not I'll say it. it, it will, it will hurt his <laughs> legacy. Look, look at 
Flair and Hogan, they they got greedy yeah, and, and overspent, and instead of investing in like businesses, they they went to Impact, looking to still get that thrill of the crowd and tarnish their legacy. And now they're both butthurt that they can't go back to having their last match in WWE, and yeah. WWE won't clear them to have a match. So like a hundred percent, follow the shitty old people's example. It will tarnish your legacy, and you will regret it. No, definitely, definitely. All right, so let's move on. Let's start talking about the shows that did happen that we did watch. So Monday Night Raw kicked us off. And honestly, man, Monday Night Raw, and people have kind of hate on it online, but I kind of took this stance on Twitter with some people. Like, if you're if you're going out and saying Monday Night Raw is awful, you're either A, not watching it, or B, just trying to be cool and play up a narrative. Because the show, if you've watched it, has been really good. The storylines have been pretty compelling. I absolutely love what has been going on with Sasha Banks and Bailey. And, and and I know it's not just on Raw and it's gone across each show, but Raw specifically going into that match from last week, you had Sasha who stole the belt at the Extreme Rules show. And then, you know, last week Stephanie drops the bomb on them that, you know, the Oscar's still the champion, you know, but they're gonna have a match. And no matter what, you know, there has to be a winner in that match. Doesn't matter if it's a count out, disqualification, whatever, the title changes hands, right? So you're thinking to yourself, though, you know, how many times have we seen this where, you know, the the challenger steals the title and then takes it into the match and the champion ends up winning and walking away with their title, right? So you kind of have this image in your head. And then you get that whole backstage thing with Bailey and Kyrie Sane where she's like slamming her head into the back of the uh whatever that the loading dock is and you hear like her scream out Asuka's name and like that pain in that voice and stuff like that and you get the the count out Sasha's the double champ so now Bailey and Sasha are the most two dominant women in WWE right now which you know considering what was it after WrestleMania last year everybody questioned whether or not Sasha would even step foot in a WWE ring again and that they were both what, um, you know, they both had a ton of heat and they were crying and complaining because, you know, they lost their tag team championships at WrestleMania. And well, I, now, I heard it was just Sasha crying and complaining. It wasn't, uh, uh it, it was the rumors were both of them to an extent, but Sasha more so because she took time off afterwards. So, like, it kind of built up. But then you fast forward just over a year later and you can't find two bigger women in wrestling right now than those two. And it, I, it just kind of cracks me up to kind of see the transformation and, and what they've been doing and stuff like that. But what are your thoughts on that? What do you like? Did you like the match that was on raw? And I, I enjoyed that? it. Like the, the match overall wasn't a bad match. And then the finish, it kind of, it worked because they had to find a way to write Zane off because she's right. going back to Japan to be with her family and everything. Uh, and they weren't able to work out a deal. So what better way than to have it work into the story where, oh, she's getting attacked backstage and, and beaten up and stuff, so Asuka has to choose between her title or her friends, and she chooses to go help her friends sacrificing her, her match, but it doesn't doesn't end the story. Like You can still right. continue from that point. It can still be like, oh, you only won because your little bitch beat up my friend and I had to go save her. Like there's still more that you can do with it. So it wasn't just like a, a cheap like out to like write off Oscar as well. It was 
a way to work Kyrie out of the story while not bringing the story to a halt. Like a lot of times happens when someone's leaving the company and they're in a tag team. Like it usually affects the other person. Like if they're doing like singles run stuff, then it's like, Oh, well your tag team partner left and they were vital part of the story. So now we're just going to find a way to write it all off and move on to something else. So it's kind of nice and refreshing to see them not go that route. Do you think we're going to see a bit of a transformation then out of Asuka? Like kind of change to a darker, maybe a little darker character? I think we might get the more old, like aggressive Asuka back. That that I would, uh, I would definitely expect because I mean, they can play up the story of, Oh, she like Kyrie was like very badly injured. They don't know if she's going to be back. Oh, Michael Cole on SmackDown. I don't know if you caught it or not, but he was talking about it. And he said that Kyrie suffered career ending injuries. (laughs) I made points to them for finding a way to to make it work. (laughs) So, yeah. Speaking of a, career ending injury so alistair black went the way of Rey mysterio and had his eye poked out or at least bloodied up by the by the corner of the steps man those ring steps are very dangerous i think wwe just needs they to get need rid to, of them at this point they need to child proof and put those little rubber corners on yeah them. Like, that's a good idea they, like, parents do if the tables man yeah um, dude that'd be great if let, let's say truth was going up against Seth Rollins <laughs> and he just walked out and put those child protectors on the corner of the steps that would be some funny that'd shit be incredible. <laughs> we might have to tweet that one out later <laughs> try to nudge them in the right direction yeah uh, i feel like that's uh I feel like that needs to happen, but, but yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, that, that whole thing was kind of brutal and it seemed like Murphy almost didn't want to do it and Mm -hmm. he was kind of pushed into it and he did it. And I don't know if I could, if it seemed like he enjoyed it after he did it or if he, I don't know if they're trying to maybe drive a further wedge between Seth and, and buddy or not. I, I can't tell really because it yeah, seems it was, at one his point reaction was very very mixed. Like it was so much like he was shocked he did it almost, mm-hmm. um, but he was like that wasn't as bad as I expected. Let's do it again, kind right. of thing. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely different. And you know, obviously, Austin Theory hasn't been around since that Speak Out movement because he was he was a part of that. They haven't mm-hmm. WWE hasn't announced anything formally with him or said that they're going to do anything with him. One I way have or the to other, assume but... at this point, Austin theory and Volatine dream are literally just shelved until they feel people have forgotten about the speaking out movement so they can bring them yeah. back. Because and, I mean, and, I mean, that's what AEW did is they waited three weeks and then brought fucking Sammy back. Yeah. But that people still haven't forgot about it though. And Sammy exactly. And they did back, it too soon. Yeah. They did too soon, but at the same time, though, with Sammy's situation, it was kind of a one-off. He did, he did have conversations, and he did. He, we yeah. talked about this before. He, he yeah, he, he the made right the efforts, way, so. the, the right efforts. I, I still feel like they brought him back too soon. Yeah, um, maybe a little bit. But little bit. at the same time, like I feel like it's the same idea. Is they're they're hoping that if they go away, they can just like wait it out until things calm down again, and then there's no way the internet's gonna forget because that's not how the internet works. No. It's gonna, the second they see them back, be like, oh, look, there's the child predator, and oh, look, there's the, the sexual abuser. Um, and they're going to have to come to the decision, do they want to do the right thing and release these people, or do proper investigations to determine whether or not these accusations are, are true or not? 
And I feel like that's, that's probably where they're at right now is investigating it just to see, because, you know, the fact that there were some people that they just released right away, right? Like Jack mm-hmm. Alher, like you're gone. Right. Um, but some of the other theories were, you know, obviously Matt Riddle that hasn't stifled his career one bit. And, um, you know, and, and most of that stuff has been proved pretty inaccurate, but, uh, you know, the Austin theory stuff really hasn't had a lot of traction. Like we Mm -hmm. haven't had, we haven't heard anything else other than that. And, you know, he's just been kind of quiet. He hasn't came out and defended himself or, you know, some of the things that those other people have done. He's just been kind of laying and waiting, hoping that, you know, they find something that'll help clear him. I don't know, but maybe we'll see him back one day. But anyway, you know, we got Murphy who has been, but of course, if he's guilty of what he's accused of, then I hope we never see him back again. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> but then of course you got Murphy, who's who's still with them. But conspicuous by their absence too is what, what fucking what happened to the, um, uh, oh my god, I can't, I'm I'm blanking on the name, and that's like I can't even think of their names right now. That's how long they've been. AOP. AOP. The authors of pain. Yeah. What the hell happened to the author? I've been trying to figure that out. I I legitimately went and invested because I was like, you know what? I want the Monday Night Messiah and his disciples. So I went and bought Murphy and I I customized him, gave him tights instead of his tattered shorts. And I went and bought AOP and then they fucking vanished for six months. Yeah, they're just gone. You might as well have the Drake Maverick AOP figure at this point because that's... (laughs) It's about as relevant as they are at the moment. But speaking of Drake Maverick, I love that they played up that story for fucking month, gave him his job back, which I'm pretty sure they just resigned him when he after the whole like heartfelt bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just write him off again. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's like some sort of injury there. You always have the concern with guys like Maverick because he is a small guy. Like oh, trust me. Based on his action figure, he—you can tell. Oh yeah, I mean, he is a small guy, and guys like even Ali, like some of these smaller guys, don't always have the durability, and they're doing these crazy ass moves. Not that Maverick does a ton of high flying moves or anything like that, but you know, injuries are bound to happen, and you know, and I, it worries with me with like some of the female performers as well because you know they have smaller frames, right? So it just seems like I don't know, but um. But you know they 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 tend to I don't know some of the guys some of the ladies seem to be way more durable than Drake Maverick though, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of the ladies right how about um how about Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler how about that rivalry? I'm not Those, sure how I feel about this because like two heel they, females pretty much unless they're trying to make Shayna into a, a baby face. I don't know because it's literally just giant woman trying to beat up extremely violent physical like great shape woman right yeah that that one's kind of got me interested I, I i'm curious to see i think i think they could have a fun match i think they could have a good match especially if it had some high stakes to it like winner gets a championship match or something like that i'm just curious to see kind of kind of how it goes but but yeah i mean it, it I don't know. It seemed interesting to me, but um, yeah, I'd rather it be career versus career, and they just fucking fire Nia so she quits injuring people. <laughs> you hate Nia Jax. What's the passion, man? Like I was never a fan of her. But the fact that she continually injures people and they try to play it off as oh, 
person took the move wrong or oh this that the other it's like no like if you watch these clips it is very obvious that Naya is sloppy it's not the other person <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from comment on that one because I haven't done the amount of research that you have <laughs> but <laughs> all right so then on the on the men's championship side right so we finally figured out that Randy Orton is got a sight set on Drew McIntyre he made his comments there his feelings known in a promo at the beginning of raw which was great and then he attacked mcintyre after his uh title match with dolph ziggler you know a lot was made about the the rating that ended raw so apparently raw just tanked the last hour and kind of i i kind of equate that to and what i i honestly think they should have done is that's one of those moments that they missed out on. They should have had Ziggler win the title because I think 90% of the people that tuned out that caused that rating to drop tuned out because we just saw that match at Extreme Rules. You already know who's going to win because Orton opened up the show and basically said, I'm challenging Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. So you already know your SummerSlam main event. You know that McIntyre is going to win the match, so why bother watching the same match you just saw, what, six days before or eight days before? Yeah, I, I agree. It definitely was not the smart way to do it. Like, I feel like Orton shouldn't have announced anything. It should have just been RKO out of nowhere at the end like it was, and that's how right. Like you, you didn't need that pro- promo to set that up. No, I totally agree with you. And, and Randy Orton's promo game, chart it's not that it was a bad promo but it did kind of i think set the tone for what was to come later and but think about this though because in that moment let's say ziggler wins the match now all of a sudden you got the internet going crazy because ziggler is the champion and all these people that tuned out and missed it well now that just reinforces that anything can happen on monday night raw right that was Mm -hmm. a reason i think that was a reason more than anything that ratings always did so well, especially during the Attitude Era, because you had that anything could happen mentality, right? A title could switch hands at any time. Uh, a person could come out of nowhere at any time. Like you had that, like there wasn't like a set formula like there is right now. Like you pretty much can figure out what they're doing and where they're going. And they don't have that oh shit moment anymore that makes you have to tune in week week to week to make sure that you see it happen live right so i think ziggler winning the championship was a huge misopportunity for them even if it was only for a week or even if it was only for a couple of weeks or hell maybe it leads to a triple threat match between orton ziggler and mcintyre at, at SummerSlam. how awesome of a match would that be right there's so many possibilities you have if you if you make that switch, if you make that change that you don't have by basically just ending it the exact same way it ended. Yeah, it, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Like it, they need to have some sort of unpredictability in order to keep people interested and not lose them in that last half hour. Because WWE for the longest time has been very predictable. Like I think the most unpredictable thing we've seen was it money in the bank when they gave it to otis and oscar which i mean we predicted it as what we hoped would happen but we didn't mm-hmm. think it was gonna happen 
Right. No, yeah, definitely. Like I and that's what always keeps me watching wrestling. You know, there's certain guys that I like to watch still watch, but that unpredictability that, that that's what's good TV to me. Like that's what speaks to me. Like I that's that's one what those cool moments, right? Like when you know they announced the host of WrestleMania and it was surprise it was the rock. Like that was an awesome fucking moment. Like I get I got goosebumps when his music hit and he came out. You know what I mean? Like the you know some of the shit like um with even when you go back to Mick Foley winning the title, like you knew it was going to happen because the internet predicted it and stuff like that, or the internet, like the, it was pre-taped. So the internet told you it was going to happen or WCW told you it was going to happen. But what you didn't see was Austin coming out and hitting, you know, the chair and like the eruption of the crowd and stuff like that, like shit like that, that just that unpredictability, they just don't have that anymore. And it's just, and you know, maybe, for me, the the Bailey Sa- or the Sasha Oscar match was a little unpredictable because I honestly thought Oscar was just going to walk away with her title. I really didn't think that they were going to put two belts on both Bailey and Sasha, but they did, and that's awesome. But uh, but yeah, for you know the main event, if you want to make the championship mean something, if you want to make McIntyre mean something, if you want to make that whole main event scene means something there has to be some unpredictability mm-hmm. in it or else it's just not going to work like smackdown we'll talk about smackdown i didn't see that shit coming and that was awesome but we'll talk about that in a minute <laughs> I, I assume i know what you're talking about because yeah that was definitely definitely not what i expected right all right so let's move on to aw speaking of uh, expected returns dude did you catch was it Adrian? Is that her name? Uh, that used to be the second to Naomi and the Funkadactyls. Yeah, um, making her wrestling return on AEW. Yeah, Cam- well, she didn't wrestle, was but Cameron or whatever her name was. Yeah, the yeah, Cameron. Yeah, Cameron was her wrestling name. Adrian was her uh, her her state or her uh, real name. But her yeah, so Cameron was her gimmick name. But yeah, dude, she just kind of appeared there in that segment, and you're like, "Wait, I, she looks familiar. Who is that again?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was the yeah. one who. Do you, did you ever see? Um, remember when Stone Cold did Tough Enough? Yeah, she was on that show, and he asked her who her favorite, um, her favorite mat, what her favorite match was, and she said Melina versus Alicia Fox. And like Stone Cold, like get credit to Steve Austin for not losing his shit completely. But mm. you could tell by the look on his face, he wanted to lose his shit completely. <laughs> Which I mean, I, I I I could understand, like as a wrestler being like a little bit insulted that that was her favorite match. But at the same time, it's kind of the same idea as like. If you ask a little girl who her favorite like superhero is and she says Wonder Woman and you're like, Batman's way better, you dumb child. Like it, it's more so like, okay, well, these are the people she looks up to because she wants to be that one day. So of course that's gonna be her favorite match kind of thing. No, and and that's fine. And you're right there. So uh kudos to you for defending that. But yeah, so it was just a surprise to see because she she um she was on Total Divas and she kind of famously sent herself back down to NXT because mm-hmm. she wanted to kind of repackage herself and then she never really made it back on the main roster. She was released and to my knowledge she hasn't even been wrestling for the last couple of years. Yeah, so it kind of surprises me. 
I, I didn't know who the hell she was when she showed up on AEW until someone online was like, look, look, it's the other Funkadactyl. Right, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, I thought she was extinct. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you'd like that one. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> I thought she was extinct. <laughs> Oh man! So um, aside from that, AEW also gave us the debut of Warhorse, which I had never heard of this guy or seen this guy. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting that Justin Roberts introduced him as weighing in at four thousand pounds of heavy metal. I mean, but, that, 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 that I enjoy some of the stuff that that they yeah. do for theirs. Like it's very, very old school of like from parts unknown and stuff like right. that. Like, like the uh, what is it we call them the the discount um, the discount street profits profits yeah, yeah even though they came first um, apparently according to Kevin anyway yeah I've never which I mean I don't trust his his story and party. shit anyway because half the time he gets it wrong um, <laughs> private party but yeah I like so. I like that they they when they came out they announced them like as from somewhere that you have to like get a be, be VIP to get to right uh, and I'm just like all right. Weighing in that. at forty ounces of vodka and cranberry. <laughs> yeah, like that, like that, that gets me. Like I enjoy that. Like you don't yeah. have to. It's not a real sport. You don't need to be like and weighing in at two hundred fifty pounds. I don't give a fuck how much they weigh because half the time it's a fake ass number anyway. Yeah, it's usually gimmick um, anyway. So like, I, I'm all for like the just the goofy shit like that. My problem is so we're, we're obviously going to talk about who debuted later um, after that match. But people were butthurt over the fact that Matt Cardona debuted immediately after him to save Cody. Like, <laughs> well, and I'm just like, though, they're like, oh, they're, they're not doing any favors to Warhorse. I'm like, this motherfucker was on the Indies, and he and Cody spent the entire match, a terrible match at that, putting yeah, this kid over. Match. Yeah. And, and like, they had zero in ring chemistry. The match was fucking hard to choke down because. It was basically just Cody trying to let him reverse every move ever. And then him like botching have it. Like when he went to fucking punch him in the stomach, completely missed and Cody still sold it. But the camera angle was so bad. You saw it from a mile away. Right. Um, so like, I'm sorry, but some indie guy who has one, the fucking owner of the company putting him over for 15 minutes, not getting his proper rub because Matt Cardona made a better fucking debut. Like, fuck you. Well, and the difference there is, too, that Matt Cordona is going to be contracted by EW, or as of right now, is not. So yeah. similar to Eddie Kingston, who a week before debuted, Eddie Kingston did not have a contract at that time. He does now, which, good, I'm happy for that. Um, because, you know, you know, we talked a lot about him, and hopefully mm -hmm. he, he doesn't have a knee injury, because that would suck for him to, you know, he'll... he'll yeah put his debut on hold i still don't know that's how fucking good he was at selling that knee that he could legitimately be hurt i don't really know but anyway um that but matt cordona is a he he hasn't a contract with AEW. he's going to be wrestling there we may never see warhorse again especially yeah. after that match so you know people on the internet just want to bitch about shit you know they do the same thing with wwe they do it with AEW. i think some i think the rose colored glasses have come off a little bit with AEW, and they're starting to get a lot more criticism and mm -hmm. some of it deserves some of it not but as tony tony giovanni says all the terrible people in the world are on twitter <laughs> and they just all have a voice and unfortunately you just kind of have to take the you know 
I try to ignore it sometimes. Sometimes I can't, but <laughs> other they should just I, legally I change the name of Twitter to Twatter. Yeah. What's yeah, that? Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was excited, like, because Matt Cardona, like, has been denying he's going to AEW for the past fucking 90 days. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Like, his, like, Brian Myers and, um, Smart Mark Sterling always joke on their podcast, like AEW confirmed, like e- like almost every episode. And he's like, I'm not, I haven't signed anywhere, guys. I'm not going to AEW. Um, right. Everyone fucking knew they was. Um, <laughs> I I was more impressed by like he that fucking shirt rip was on point though. Yeah, yeah. The way he fucking I'm- spun around, and his shirt was just gone. <laughs> and- <laughs> And he looked good, and you know, yeah. I, I just hope that you know he'll be able to to do something, do what he wants to do in AEW. I'm curious to see because really, when you when you look at Matt Cordona as you know Zach Ryder, he really is the first person to really use the internet to like get himself over, mm-hmm. and it was almost to his detriment in a way because oh, it's, yeah. it's almost like the more he did to get his own buzz, the more the company was just kind of like, well he we're not creating this he is and you know almost kind of burying him back down so out of all the guys that have kind of been shitted on in the past he's definitely one of them and yeah i'm i'm curious to see if if he doesn't have the restrictions you know is he going to take advantage of it is he going to try to do it again and and become bigger an even bigger star time will tell you know it's i'm curious to see where it goes from here um He's never been one of my favorites. I think he's he's funny. It's not that I dislike him. He's just never I've never really clicked with him. I never really got the Long Island character. I always thought those Jersey Shore guys were, you know. Oh yeah. I I douche, douche I baggy and he kind of fit that mold. I despised Zack Ryder for most of his career until figure it out on the network and I'm like, "Oh, this is kind of cool." And then I found out they had their own podcast. And then I'm like, okay, these guys are kind of cool. Still didn't like Zach, the Zack Ryder character. Um, but oddly enough, like based on just like how the podcast goes and stuff and the behind the scenes stuff that they do for the Patreon, it very, very much like felt like it was just an exaggerated version of himself. Um, yeah. Like he is that over the top and just ridiculous. Um, but I also think he has a lot more range than what he was able to get in WWE. And he, Definitely, like he he would reach any brass ring that Vince asked him to. Like that, he was told to lose the one-legged tights and stop trying to stand out because at the end of the day, Vince is only going to um, see you as a, a legit thing if you're wearing the speedo. And so right. he searched the speedo, and then he like started like working out and trying to get more jacked because Vince was into big dudes. Um, it, like every thing that like barricade they put in front of him he'd do whatever he could to get over that and like that alone made me more of a fan of him the fact that he won wanted it that bad oh without um, a doubt. yeah but like I, i'm just curious to see what he's going to do as matt cardona because he at least seemed more like a little more aggressive a little than he was as zack Ryder. Right in the few seconds we saw him, mm-hmm. and, and and you know it was totally kind of a setup because Cody hasn't had anything with the, so it's like the Dark Order all of a sudden has an issue with Cody and they're going to come after him. You almost knew somebody was going to come out or something was going to happen, um, because it's like why 
why else is this happening unless it's or something else like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But no, I'm with you, man. Like I, I, he, he's somebody that I've, you know, I've heard in different podcasts and I've really kind of felt for a little bit and I really hope the best for him. And, you know, I, I think he's one of those guys that it was almost to his detriment that he never left. I think if he would have, you know, maybe not re-signed a contract and gone off on his own, mm-hmm. a bigger name for himself, he could have come back and be looked at at a different light because it's almost like I kind of feel this way, and this is kind of weird, but like my family, for instance, my mom's side of the family, they're very, um, you know, it's a Greek family. They're very, you know, stuck in their ways in a way, but like mm-hmm. for me, I'm always looked at as a little kid, right? I have two kids of my own. One is about to be a teenager. The other one is preteen. And I am a grown-ass man. <laughs> and I'm almost, like, I'm getting closer to 40 years old. But it's like my family still looks at me as a kid. And it's almost like Cardona kind of had that same effect. It's like he came into, and, and even hawkins to an extent too is they came into wwe when they were so young and they were Mm -hmm. there for so long that i don't think anybody ever saw them as anything more than those kids who started originally and were the edgeheads and stuff like that so i think that 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 was kind of that syndrome that they faced where guys like mcintyre left and completely changed themselves up and they they left the kid and came back a man where Jinder Mahal left the kid and came back a man. Cordona and and Hawkins never really had that experience. So well, I mean Hawkins did leave. Like he did, uh, but he still didn't really he didn't really change much though. You know what I mean? Uh, mean, Don't get me wrong, his his, who he was in like um TNA impact was different from who he was as as Hawkins, but like one thing that I do find interesting is so like his losing streak wasn't like Organic. It was actually it was it was it was actually his own like thing. So like mm-hmm. he had lost like so many matches, and they were finally going to have him randomly win a match on Raw. I think it was against uh, Doink, was who he was going to finally beat. And he went to creative. He's like, "What if I didn't?" He's like, "What, what if yeah. what if we ride this out?" Because like people are like starting to count it on the internet, and like, what if this what if this could get over? Of like, oh, let's see how many matches he can lose before he finally wins the big one, kind of thing. Which then led to them winning in their hometown at WrestleMania. They they won the tag team championships together. Right. Um, so I mean, it, it had its payoff, but yeah, he was kind of like stuck in that like mid card shuffle kind of thing because th- they just they weren't seen as like a big deal. They were just seen as just throwaway guys that they could have randomly come in here and there and fill in the void when they needed them to. Right. So, and, and that's, and, and unfortunately, like, it, it was a little bit to their de- detriment to their careers. So, you know, for both of them, hopefully brighter things are ahead. Um, I think maybe, I think maybe Matt has a little higher ceiling than what Brian does, just because I feel like, you know, Brian did leave and he didn't really, his character was different, but he didn't really make himself, it's not like he was like Christian where he was winning like world titles. Or, yeah. Or he was, you know, he, he's just always been that guy. Like, he's super solid in the ring. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, a great personality, maybe off camera, but on camera. It just, I, I don't think it really translates. Where, you know, with with, with Matt, he just, he, that, that dude just, he has charisma. He has he that, does. It, he has that it factor. Maybe WWE never saw it, but he has it. 
and you know hopefully he can start showing that now so good for him and speaking of the team that the, that they beat at wrestlemania for that those tag team championships the revival signed an AEW contract so they are now officially with AEW. and uh man i feel bad for whoever they keep breaking the foam coolers over their heads but how fucking funny is that <laughs> have you seen that yeah <laughs> that's like three weeks in a row they've broken a foam foam cooler over somebody's head it's just i, I don't know why but it makes me laugh every time it happens <laughs> oh man but clearly you can see something building between them age um kenny omega uh probably leading towards a, a possible tag team championship match with those two teams unless they have somebody take him off of them first that, which i don't i don't know if that's going to happen or not but i know because they've been leading to this will they won't they break up thing with with page omega for so long that i feel like it's eventually going to pay off and they're going to yeah. they're going to implode and someone's going to take the titles from them and then they can go and have their rivalry while the tag team division goes off and kind of builds itself without needing the big big names leading the charge right definitely definitely so and then outside of that uh we got the uh man do you see um the main event with uh moxley and darby allen versus brian cage and who was it uh ricky oh fuck i'm blanking starks ricky starks um the end of the match fucking uh Darby Allen had a skateboard that had a bunch of thumbtacks taped to the bottom of it, and he jumped off the top rope and put uh, put it all onto Ricky Stark's back. Oh. Like, that was brutal as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ricky Stark's back looked awful after that. But that's but the thing is, though, that's two weeks in a row where you have thumbtacks coming into it. Like, not that, you yeah. know, I hate to try and be nitpicky and stuff like that, but damn. Um, it's one of those things that it's it loses its pizzazz and, and its shock factor when you yeah. do it over and over again. Like that's why, yeah. like yeah, it sucks that the movie doesn't do more gimmick matches and doesn't do this or that. But when they do, it feels a little more special, and you're more excited about it because they don't do it all the time. Right. Like so, we you know we saw Eddie Kingston throw out some thumbtacks, thumbtacks, and. <laughs> And he power bombed Cody into him, and then at least this was different, right? He had him, yeah. They, the, they the did change it up, which is skateboard, nice. but at the same time, a thumbtack is still a thumbtack, no matter you know where it's coming from. Um, the one thing though that I thought was kind of interesting is, um, you know, that it seems like MJF is taking the uh, the reins for that AW World Championship, so it seems that the rivalry with Brian cage is at least going to maybe fizzle for a bit and, and start shifting towards MJF or MJF kind of, and a lot of people compared it to something EC three did probably like 10 years ago or something like that. Um, which, you know, it, it just kind of fucking cracks me up, man, because AEW steals a lot from a lot, but then AEW fanboys will be like, Oh, everybody's stealing from AEW. Okay? Yeah. Like, Dude, they're, they're it's literally like they all copy everybody. each other. Welcome, welcome yeah. to welcome to steal your gimmick. The the oh, wrestling world. Oh, that was another thing. Okay, so this is a little sidebar. Decent, but it was kind of not heelish. But anyway, um, how about so? Have you heard the rumors that SummerSlam is going to take place on a boat? Yes, I have. I've I've seen that, and and instantly okay. people were like, "Oh, it's, it's AEW's cruise on Jericho's cruise thing right. again." Oh, WWE owes Jericho some money for coming up with that idea. 
um let, let's take a, a let's let's take a trip back to like 1993 and uh they held an event on a on a uh navy ship like a it was, it was like an air force ship or something like that and lex luger came flying in on a helicopter and body slammed yokozuna does anybody remember that? like that shit took place on a boat like it's not yeah, they had that cruise thing, and that's cool. WWE's done cruises too. They just didn't fucking televise that shit. They, you know, they they had like fan cruises where they had matches and stuff like that. I'm sure that's probably where Jericho got the idea. But overall, everything in wrestling has been copied. Like they didn't AEW didn't get the idea, or Jericho. Well, it wasn't even AEW. Jericho's thing. Like Jericho started doing this cruise a couple years ago before AEW was even a thing. Mm-hmm. It just happened to do you know, their, their AW shows from it this past year, but everything has been copied. Like it's all been copied everything. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why, like you have to criticize, like if they want to do something different and hold an event on a fucking boat, let them hold an event on a boat. Like, why do you have to fucking criticize? We're in the middle of a pandemic. They can't have it in Toronto where it was supposed to happen. So they're trying to do something different to it make it fun for the crowd. Toronto. Wasn't I thought SummerSlam was in Toronto this this year? No, it was supposed it was, to be. Was, I thought it was Detroit. Uh, no, I'm pretty. I'm or Boston. About, it was Boston, I think. Oh, Boston. You're right. Okay, yeah. it was Toronto last year. It was Boston this year. My fault. Yeah, it was supposed to be in Boston this year. They can't hold it in Boston, so they need to do something different. SummerSlam is one of their biggest events of the year, so they want to make it special. Unfortunately, they couldn't do anything like that for WrestleMania because it was too close to when everything happened. But they've had time to think about this one and do something. Let them do something special. Let them do something fun. Why do we got to shit on everything? Like, let's just be positive and just in, enjoy that they're trying to put something out there for us to watch. Anyway, I digress. Especially when AEW on a fucking like bi-leaky basis is like, this week we're doing Bash of the Beach. Next week we're going to do the this Fighter or that. Fest, like, or the yeah, like, they're yeah. literally stealing gimmicks and pay-per-views from old shit and, and cashing on that nostalgia, but it's okay for them to do it. But when he's right. like, we're going to put some or some on a boat just because we don't want to fucking do it at the performance center because it's supposed to be a big deal. People will instantly fucking jump on their shit. Like, get off your fucking high horse. It's goddamn exactly. wrestling. Like, exactly. who gives a shit? It's all fake. It's all fucking predetermined. We all enjoy it. So why do you have to shit on everything? Yeah, I've never seen Mike Tyson square off with a wrestler with a whole big entourage around. Him. Oh, wait, no. And oh, I've never seen anyone be standing in the ring in an expensive suit and have something dumped on them before. Right. Oh, wait. Never happened. That's that's been done (laughs) 74 times in the course of fucking wrestling history. Yeah. Like, it's it's everything, you know, everything's stolen. Everything's been done before. Like, nothing new. Right. Now we've gotten some new stuff. Like, we've gotten the Boneyard. We've got, you know, the Stadium Stampede. Like, there have been some new things that we've never seen before. But. Hey, let, let's yeah. just enjoy it, right? Yeah, there's, there's there's no need to be like, oh fuck this company for copying that, and but it's okay for this company to do it just because they're not that company. Like, who gives a shit? If you don't like WWE, then just fucking don't watch it. Exactly. Watch AEW and and don't pay attention to WWE. Like, what what does it do for you to shit on something on the internet that you apparently don't like unless you like it and you just want to be cool? Right. That's the only other aspect is that yeah. you, you secretly like it. You're a fucking cuck for the WWE, and you just want to sit back and jerk off while someone else fucking watches it. 
and yet you don't want to join in on the fun. You just want to fucking sit there and pretend that you're you're this cool AEW fan and you're all hip and shit. Like fuck off. Just enjoy it or don't enjoy it. Like your it's opinions don't matter. It's a good thing Kevin's not here today, so we don't have to explain to him what a cuck is again. So <laughs> you know, it's funny. Gallows and Anderson uh, were, were they were fucking around on their podcast and started talking about like um, you know if, if if Tony Khan watched the their their uh shop uh talking shop mania and decided to like buy their company or something like that and how he would like be you know taking their wives out on dates and they would start having to call themselves the good cuck brothers and stuff like that <laughs> and i was like i was like oh damn like we started this uh cuck revolution apparently we did man like, we brought, we're, bring, we're like, bringing it back we're just we're just <laughs> We're just somehow we're we're just trendsetters, I guess. Right. First, yeah, we yeah. fucking what was the what was it that we had that we did last week? Oh yeah, we did the thirty-seven weeks with Cody, oh, right, which yeah. then apparently was Connor a huge thing. <laughs> and then and then we did. Now we've done you know cucks, which apparently is becoming a thing with the Good Brothers. So like, man, yeah. for, for you know the fact that we aren't getting as many listeners, or at least the listeners who are listening are big deals. Yeah, yeah, evidently. So yeah, keep listening to the show. You never know what we might start next. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, so did you get a chance to see this promo? Like, I thought it was a good promo, but, you know, this guy's supposed to be the best heel in the business, but he cuts a promo where he basically is like, you know, let's let's make AEW great by making me the champion. But it came across as almost like a, a babyface promo in a way. Like, he, he ran down Moxley as being champion and basically said he would be a better champion, but it didn't feel like he did it in a heelish way. I'm not saying the promo was bad or anything like that. Yeah. It was a little drawn out. It was a little long, but I don't know. What do you think? I, I'm i probably going to piss off a lot of people with this, but I'm going to say it. I think he was, he was his promo was basically like a play on Trump. Yeah, a little bit in a way. Like I, I feel like it was basically just him like mocking. He's like, you know what? Trump is the biggest heel in America right now. So what if I did that? What if I'm like, let's make AEW great again? Yeah, like no, I, I get you. And there was a bunch of political posters to the ring. Like they were kind of, um, you know, they they showed him basically. They gave him the whole Goldberg entrance where you know somebody knocked on his door and he he came out and was walking to the ring and he had. Wardlow by his side, and there's some other security and people there, and but there was there was political style posters on the wall as he's walking out. So it was almost yeah, it kind of gave you that that politic type feel. Mm -hmm. So I, I can totally see where you're going with that. Yeah, so I'm, that's that's my guess is what the thought process behind that was, and it just it, he didn't he didn't hit it on the head hard enough. Like he he didn't lean enough into it to really like come off as like his the heelish way he wanted to, um, but yeah it it wasn't a bad promo it just it wasn't his best. Yeah, I can agree with you there. All right, so let's move on and talk about NXT a little bit. So you said that you watched a lot of NXT. There's oh, a few man. things that stood out to me, but uh, no, go ahead. What were you say? I was at six to midnight all 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 most of the show. Okay, all right. <laughs> What in particular um, kind of uh, drove you there? Uh, well, first off, the match between Gargano and, and Strong was great absolutely match. fucking incredible. Uh, Weird concept, heel versus heel, but yeah. it was still a really good match. Um, I I enjoyed the fact that, you know, 
Lee came out to kind of address things, and then fucking Hick Boy came down and was like, yeah. I'm gonna take that. <laughs> I was gonna take that North American title from you, and you had to go and just give it away. And yeah. he's like, I ain't got time for your shit, and just fucking lays him out. Yeah. Um I really yeah. thought Keith Lee's pro because I, I point pointed that out. Keith Lee's promo there, probably one of his best that I've seen oh, yeah. since he's been in NXT. Like he really he made me want to see that match even more now between him and Chris. Like I loved how they set that up. So yeah, I like know. I went from not wanting to see this match because I I don't want Lee to be a transitional champion. I don't want him to be just you know the gatekeeper to to give it to Cross. But like after like that that promo just felt so personal. Like it, it felt like they gave him more like freedom with it. Um yeah. That I was like, okay, I'm invested. So let's do it either either way. Um. And then, I mean, the Undisputed Era reunite and become that aggressive machine that we, we love and just fucking destroy the Imperium. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Like, their, their music hit, and I'm like, oh, boy. And then they came out and beat the fuck out of them. Like, I was expecting them to just, you know, <laughs> walk out on the stage and talk some shit. No, this is like, they, they, this is a new Undisputed Era. This is like yeah. fed up with the bullshit. Like, I feel like that Adam Cole, like, work shoot was kind of just leading to like an more unhinged like we're just gonna take it kind of undisputed era um, yeah. which i like and i'm not mad um, at that at all yeah uh my biggest concern about the whole thing is just the fact that like they start talking about how like triple h apologize and they're gonna put uh douchebag in like a room with adam cole and talk it out and i'm like oh great so now we're gonna have to fucking have some football player come and pretend he's a wrestler just like rock great um uh, McAfee's been a part of WWE for a while, though. Yeah, and, but he was more of like on the announcer side. Like he was yeah. in the pre-shows and the watch-alongs and shit. He was never like an in-ring kind of thing, right? And I, I don't um, know if this would necessarily lead to anything in ring. Uh, who knows? Maybe the only way I'm okay with it is if it it f- keeps falling in line with what we saw this week, where they came out and just no no promos, no talking shit, just handled business. Yeah, and like the shit out of Cole, Cole and him are like going back and forth. He's like, fuck you, Pat, again. And then like Pat stands up and tries to act all strong. And then like doors open and the fucking other three come in and they just whoop his ass. <laughs> and yeah, like that's yeah. undisputed. Um, <laughs> and the fact that O'Reilly's back, like, oh, man, no, he's, he's done shooting whatever movie he's in or whatever or something. And he's finally back on fucking NXT TV. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm all sorts of excited. Um, the the women's tag team match with uh, what was it? Io Shirai, Dakota Kai. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that, that was the other thing I pointed out. Candice LeRae and I really like Antia Knox. I really yeah. like Dakota Kai and what she's done since mm-hmm. War Games. And I I really think that Dakota Kai needs that NXT Women's Championship. Not that I don't like Io. I like Io a lot. Um, but I feel like Dakota a heel run for her with that title would be huge. And I oh, think yeah. that I, I feel like she, she's got that. She's like we talked about Cardona. She's got that it factor mm-hmm. where she's good enough in the ring and she's got that personality that she can, she can make it work for a long while. Yeah. And I think what they need to do is so it doesn't diminish Io Shirai's champion. They need to do kind of like a best of series like they did with Gargano and Ciampa where yeah. like they go back and forth for fucking three to six months until finally Dakota Kai comes out on top and you kind of shelf Io Shirai for a little bit, then bring her back. Um, yeah. Like, well, I feel and, like that's, Dakota's that's got that move. heater too, right? 
So most mm-hmm. of the time she has Raquel Gar- so that that can help a lot as well because she can be that that extra factor. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a clean victory for Dakota. Mm-hmm. You know, you can always get, you know, take some of that off of EO so it's not hurting her at all. But yeah. yeah Which I, I, I don't believe in the whole like win loss thing hurting someone. My problem would be more of just like, okay, a lot of the time unless they find a story for you, once you lose your championship, you kind of get lost in the shuffle and it kind of brings you down quite a bit. But right. they can't, obviously can't just keep having you like chase it. And like to make it more believable, like if I if I if this was real and I had been champion and I lost it, I wouldn't suddenly just go and fucking kick kick rocks and catering and have some, you know, bullshit matches randomly. I'd be fucking after that championship. I'd be interfering in matches, beating someone's ass, like so like they have to find like a a story to distract her for a bit until they decide they want her to go back after it kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, and NXT great show. Um, I think uh, they uh, the demo god is going to have to get on his high horse and and start to start to work a little harder because NXT, even though they lost the overall ratings for the first time, actually won the key demographic this week. So oh man, we have to yeah. tweet at him, be like, "Hey, where's your key demographic now, bitch?" Right. <laughs> With your cat piss jacket. <laughs> Uh, which uh, back to AEW for a second. I loved that when like Jericho came out and like he announced the the fucking great debate and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And he like fucking Sammy starts you know yelling at Matt Hardy, calling him a son of a bitch. And Jericho's like, "What's son of a bitch in uh, in Spanish, Sammy?" And he's <laughs> yeah. like, "Son of el bitch." And I'm like, <laughs> "That was funny." And then oh, he, well, like, all right, he, that got he, me. He continually asked if this jacket smells and, you know, Santana like, Ortiz are like, yeah, no, it, it smells, smells like cat piss. And, and, then, and then the fucking other dude just stands on the stage and Tony's right. like, what do you want? And he's like, cat piss, Tony. And <laughs> fucking just walks off. Right. Oh, yeah. That's some oh, funny man. shit. Undisputed Era has been on another one. But yeah. All right. So we talked about AEW. We talked about uh, Raw. We talked about NXT. So uh, we can move on to SmackDown. Now, I do have to admit, I, I forgot to bring something up last week that I want to touch on real quick before we move on. And I also, um, another thing that I missed because I did watch SmackDown last week, but it was the same day that we recorded. So I, there was something uh, about the bar fight that I missed. Um, so in the bar fight with Seamus and Jeff Hardy, when Jeff Hardy was laid out and, and Seamus put the hat over his face and then Seamus removed the hat and Hardy's face was painted. I did not realize that that was supposedly Brother Nero. Yeah, I, I that made it a about bigger that, deal. Yeah. yeah, so I missed that, so I apologize that I didn't catch that on there. Uh, the one thing that uh, from this week's episode of SmackDown that I am kind of excited about, I think this is going to lead to a wardrobe change for Sheamus because he was dressed as that like old timey bartender in his promo on SmackDown, <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, I like that! I think you should rock that all right? the time." He just let's just be his new his new gimmick. No more, the no more with the, mayonnaise the, jar you know, with the bull hat. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right, so the be some like grumpy old bartender beating people. Yeah, the other thing I mentioned in the intro, but we didn't talk about it when we actually got into it, and that is that um, with Kofi Kingston being down, Xavier Woods still not healed from his Achilles injury, uh, Big E is going it out alone. And they, they made a big deal on SmackDown last week. We talked Kofi, about that. Basically. Did we talk about during the show? Yeah, we talked oh. about during the show. 
I didn't know. Either we show. talked about it during the show or the three of us talked about it off the air, but I know the that's three what of us I thought. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think we actually. If we didn't, I liked how they did that. I liked how Kofi kind of gave his blessing to Big E. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he got his first singles match against Miz on SmackDown. It was a good match, even with Morrison getting involved. Big E still came out on top using the muffler submission, which has not been seen in a long time. Right. Last but, time I um, saw that was Lesnar back in like the early 2000s, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that so, was Ruthless Aggression Era's. Like he did that to that fucking one legged kid. What I want, what I want is a uh, five count Big E. So do you, do you, do you know Big E making? Yeah. Back in NXT when he was or, Big or E Smackdown, Langston. Yeah. NXT. Yeah. So he basically like knocked everybody down for a count of five. And even his song, it was like, I need five because three ain't enough or something like that was a mm-hmm. part of the song. Like I want that, that aggression out of Big E. I'm hoping that we, we start to get that. I thought he kind of like snapped into it a little bit when Miz slapped him because that whole match just turned completely from that point on. And I like, yeah. So, um, so yeah, good, shout out to Big E. If I didn't mention it last week, I definitely wanted to mention it this week that I'm excited to see where that goes because, you know, that's been something that the internet fans have wanted for a long time. And I think we're f- hopefully finally going to get it and they're making a big deal about it. So hopefully it, it turns out the way that, um, that we all want it to. But, but here's the problem though, because obviously the ending of, of Biggie's story, we want him to, you know, eventually go on to win the strap. Right. Um, but if the fiend's going to have that strap, how are right. we going to, how are we going to do this? Like, cause you've got what was supposed to be the most dominant force in wrestling today, who then got squashed by an old man. Um, that didn't happen. Cause it happened at one of the Saudi shows. The show so what? He just first. lost the belt on the plane and, and fucking 24 seven uh, fashion. No, Braun, just, Braun found it, it. No, it just basically, what basically happened was that the title magically went from the fiend to Goldberg without anybody knowing how it actually happened. And then Goldberg, lost at the Braun at WrestleMania. That's that's how it happened. It was, and, it was and, they, and they just and they just happened to be making an action figure of gold like with this, this 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 universal champion. Yeah, um, it was it was magic. It just uh, I, I feel like they almost have to if they do go that route, they'd almost have to trade Big E to Raw because like you can't have the fiend lose the championship again. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and you know what though like with this with this singles push that doesn't necessarily mean you're see big e in a universal title picture right away i i think you might see him in the intercontinental championship picture right away i i think it's gonna start Ooh, to build him, him versus up a aj bit. yeah i think i I'm think that's that. more than likely what you're gonna see is him versus aj because really unless you know it, here's the thing like if it was if there was a crowd involved and the crowd really got behind Big E and made it like kind of like Kofi Mania style, where it was impossible to keep him out of that. But without the crowd being involved, you have to kind of have a set path, right? And I can yeah. see that set that set path leading him to AJ before it leads him to Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt and, and that main event scene. So I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I just I, I'm all for it. Calf Crusher versus the Muffler. Yeah. Like, Definitely. Let's do it. Yeah. And speaking of the calf crusher and AJ style, he had one hell of a fucking match against Grand Metalik on such a Smackdown. random fucking match too. Like oh I know just, just randomly against man. the two biggest jobbers in WWE. <laughs> yeah, and he just basically though, like and he Grand Metalik is a talented in ring performer, and he really showed that off. And now grant you Lucha House Party 
always the most like personality come through, you know, other than their kind of gimmicky, you know, party stuff with the pinatas and stuff like that. But, you know, he's, he's a great entering performer and AJ really brought out of, him. he brought a lot out of those two tore the house down. I mean, really, it was so fast paced. It was just like blink of an eye. You miss stuff, which was, which was crazy. And, you know, it, it really kind of elevated, I think, Grand Metal League to maybe a, a little bit of a higher status, but, um, you know, just kind of showed AJ a little bit more kind of taking on that, um, you know, that, that measuring stick role, you know, making mm-hmm. that intercontinental title, the working man's championship. Right. So yeah, I thought it was a great match. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I was kind of shocked how much I enjoyed it. Um, but but taking a step back, like what about we we, we talked about Bray, but we kind of just like overlooked his his parts of uh, SmackDown, like his Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, like oh my god, that was great. He comes in with fucking fucking a snorkel and just covered in seaweed. He's like, <laughs> I was looking for Braun out in the swamp. <laughs> yeah, that was great, and that really set. We talk about that there, uh, and that was. You know, we, we got this rivalry budding between, you know, uh, Baron Corbin and uh, Matt Riddle. And how about a shorty G heel turn with um, with Baron Corbin kind of getting in his ear and then uh, basically getting him to do his bidding and, and take out Matt Riddle. I, I'm all for it. I love Chad Gable. That dude has a great personality. And I think as a heel he will really start to show how great his personality really is because he's very sarcastic and very um, quick witted. And I'm excited to see kind of like him kind of taking that to the next level in the, as a heel. Like I I don't necessarily need him with Baron Corbin for a long period of time, but I want to see him kind of branch out and, and start taking that more, more away and and you know i think you know riddle and corbin that is what it is it's gonna be probably a fun match a hard-hitting match but i'm more excited about chad gable and that whole storyline than anything else yeah i 100 agree i'm more interested in chad gable versus uh riddle than than corbin versus Riddle. yeah you hate corbin though so i i do corbin <laughs> corbin's just garbage but corbin yeah, needs fucking... to move on from the king gimmick he needs to do something else, but corbin that's... just needs to move on to like impact All right, so let's let's get to the moment we're going to talk about, and uh, you know, so basically that Firefly Funhouse segment we mentioned before, without really knowing it, set up what happened at the end of the night, and you know, him saying that he can't find Braun, Braun hasn't been seen. Well, how do you get Braun to show his face? Right, you go after his friends. So after the SmackDown Championship match between Bailey and Nikki Cross, which was a fun match, it was a good match, and you know furthered on that storyline with Bailey and Sasha and their their two belt dominance and what Bailey's what the longest reigning SmackDown champion of Smack, women's SmackDown champion of all time, like over two hundred and some days, right? Uh, but then Nikki Cross gets upset, she pushes Alexa down, she leaves, and then we get that red lights and that eerie music and the fiend emerges behind her. What was going through your head when you saw that? Oh dude, I I I would I can't say I was shocked because you 
you told me before I got to see it. Um, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, I ruined but it. But I, I, I did. I was, I was, I was more shocked that they did it. Um, just because usually, like the the whole like, because Bray's like nobody's safe until a fiend gets what he wants. Like usually, that that doesn't fucking mean anything. Right. We like at most like stand backstage might get super kicked. Um, but that's about <laughs> it. Um, but <laughs> I just super kick Stan. <laughs> um, but the fact that like he's like okay, so let's let's go down the checklist here because that that seems to be the fiend. The fiend has his own list, right? Like, Jericho can stay at AEW because the fiend has his own list, but his is more of like a fucking hit list than a I don't like you list, right? And he like he fucking went to that top of the list, and he's like, well. This is the girl you have a crush on, so I'm gonna go and I'm just gonna fucking jam my hand down her throat. Um, I don't think I mentioned that part to you. So you told me that he attacked her. So I mean, let's okay. be honest. The only thing right. that really the fiend would do because he doesn't really have a big offense in his matches. Usually he has like some like you know he no sells and then he hits like some big moves here and there, but he doesn't really well, fight. He, he's he's not gonna hit Alexa Bliss with that flying cross body. Yeah. Um, I mean, you never know. Um, <laughs> but like he, he, he did the mandible claw to her, which I f- still feel like they need to rename it for him. Like, right. It, like, I mean, mankind had like fucking change it to like Mr. Sacco, like do something. It's just right. such a terrible name. Um, and the only thing I didn't like is I feel like Alexa should have struggled more. She didn't sell it very well. <laughs> Like she's like, you could hear her squeal uh, and like sure you're struggling, but like I feel like her leg, like her leg should be kicking or something. Like anybody who's taking this move, usually they're flailing around trying to get like like get him to let go. But she was just like, I don't know if she was just terrified of yeah. I think that was kind of I think that was kind of more what they were going that she was just petrified and she couldn't move. Mm -hmm. She was just kind of like stuck in that position. Yeah, but it it was definitely it was it was a great twist. Uh, It was a little uncomfortable. Like it definitely felt almost like uh, uh, pressure was like this was his like weird hentai fantasy um, <laughs> of creepy clown going and, and, and shoving his hand down pretty girl's face uh, because like just the awkwardness of like the close up of her going, please, no, please, no. I'm just like, Oh, this is, this is taking a turn. Yeah. Um, but like overall, like I have him attack more people. I want every, every week until the week before SummerSlam, I want the fiend to fucking attack some random soul on SmackDown being like, give me brawn. Um, I, I I still hate the way they set it up. I hate the fucking super overdone. Like yeah. things don't fucking sound like that. When I turn <laughs> the lights out, they don't make noises. Um, like just have the fucking lights go out and then the fucking annoying screeching. Like that's all yeah. you need. You don't need this over dramatized. Like you're powering down the fucking. I kind of like it though, honestly, man, because it builds that it builds that anticipation because you're like, oh shit. But and here's you my thing. Again, you're like, oh shit. And then you're like, oh, the music starts. All right, where is he? You know what I mean? Like, kind of. But, but I'm the opposite because we've we've been taught the same gimmick, like style, but with Undertaker. And the thing about Undertakers is the lights go out, you hear the dong, and then the lights come back on, he's there. And you're just like, oh shit. Like it's just like it happens so quick that right. no, that your mind, you're like, okay, that person there's no way they could have like gotten away this. If you hear the first fucking power down and your ass is just standing in the ring, looking around like when he did at the Jerry Lawler and he's just standing on the fucking entrance ramp, like a but fucking Jerry Lawler was in the ring though. And 
ran to the entrance ramp. Yeah, like, there I, I has just, there have been guys that have. It doesn't matter where they run to; he still finding them. So that's why I, I don't get too mad about it. Like, yeah, I love the Undertaker appearing out of nowhere thing. But at the same time, that works for The Undertaker. You can't do the exact same thing for The Fiend because you, you need something a little bit different. So I don't, don't, I don't mind the like, like, that's the thing. Like, we, we've talked about already, wrestling is literally just copying itself. That's all it is. Like, once in a while you get new things, but for the most part, it's reusable gimmicks and, and moves. And I feel like you could still, like, pageant it up a little bit, but I feel like it takes too long. Like, I feel like it almost feels more like which is worse because it's pre-recorded now like the build-up is so he has time to fucking race his ass down the ring instead of being hidden under it kind of thing like it just feels like it's taking too long like i feel like you you could do like the the one final shutdown noise as the lights turn out where it's like dun-dun-dun. and then no, they I turn back you. on and he's there like so instead of turning off half the lights turn off yeah, just just have it like yeah. in like the the lights all go out. You hear the screeching, the red light comes on, or the just the lights come back on in general, and he's there. Like, like even the the screeching and the red light alone is different enough from Takers that you don't need this over. Like, it just feels too long. Like, right, it, right. It, it it takes away from the like oh shit factor of it because you have too much time to sit on it before he shows up. Okay, all right, I can see that. Well, here let me ask you this. So. I um, I got this question from Twitter because I, I saw somebody posted on it and I and I respond to it. Hope you're like copying to, other people's gimmicks, Jason. No, not that. Uh, so I'd like to get your take on the question before I tell you how I answer. Oh God. <clears throat> so on Twitter, this person asked, um, "Is the fiend been a has the fiend been a flop?" What What are um, your thoughts on that? I wouldn't say the fiend is a flop. I feel like the fiend is still insanely over. Um, I mean, for fuck's sakes, his, his action figure hadn't hit stores yet. And it was just like releasing early from um, ringside collectibles, which it never stopped being available for pre-order. Like you can could consistently still order the back order of it. But as far as a figure, like getting shipped out in first wave, people were paying a hundred dollars just to have it right then and there instead of waiting for the back orders to come in. Yeah. Like you don't get that from a flop. Um, so I wouldn't say it's a flop. I, I will say the gold turd match definitely hurt the fiend and it definitely stunted the momentum of the fiend. Um, because if they would have just left the strap on the fiend and not let fucking Goldberg go full Hulk Hogan and, and take creative control that, he could have just barrel like rolled through things or steamrolled through things and stayed as that big, scary, unbeatable monster until they found someone that they wanted to have uh, dethrone him. Um, Where now I feel like every match it's, it's more believable that he can lose, which I feel like hurts him. Um, Cause when you have a character like that, it's, it's kind of like the undertaker. Like, he had that streak and like everyone here was like, okay, do we think someone's going to be it? No, nah, it's his undertaker. This is the streak. Like he was that big of a deal that if someone beat him, it meant something where now because of how few matches he's had, the fact that he was beaten kind of takes away from that. And it's like, okay, well it goes from me thinking, oh, well he clearly is going to beat Braun Strowman and take the strap at SummerSlam to like, is he though? Like, are they still behind him? Are they still like 
wanting to strap the rocket to him or are they just finishing a story that should have been should have never like been derailed in the first place um just to like be able to move the fiend on to his next goal kind of thing yeah uh, you know and and this is uh, I'll, I'll tell you how I, you know for just going based off of what you said I, I i can i can see that to a point but at the same time when you look at the fiend that was kind of like one of those matches Goldberg wanted the fiend, but the fiend didn't necessarily want Goldberg. And I thought that Bray did a great job of explaining that. Like Goldberg wasn't a part of his shit list, like that hit list that you were talking about. So Mm. he didn't really care. He sacrificed that championship because he didn't need it at the time. Right. So now that Braun has it though, he wants it back because Braun is on that list. And, you know, they were trying to get Braun to, to join them and he won't do it. So yeah, go after him. I get it, right? The way I answered the question was kind of like this. I was like, if if you're if you're answering it that way, if you think that he was a flop, then you haven't really been you either A haven't been paying attention or you just don't get the character. Like he, Bray Wyatt in general has been one of the best parts of wrestling over the course of the last like six to eight months. Also the last year. Because yeah, he debuted really. at SummerSlam. You're right. So his his entering work has been great. His promo work has been great. And the Fiend character is so different and so uh, just just so, you know, next level with just the the thought process have gone into it mm-hmm. that if if you're either either A, you're you're hating just to hate or B, you just don't get it. And that, that's that's just kind of my take on it. I think the person deleted the tweet because I went to find <laughs> it and it was gone. Um, but regardless of the fact though, that, that was kind of my take. Either so, you're so, just so, hating it to hate it, or you're just or you're just basically or you're just basically you just don't get it. You just don't understand the character. So to counter that, I hundred percent agree with you that like that it makes total sense that you know the fiend had no vested interest in Goldberg, so therefore the, the match didn't matter to the fiend, so the fiend lost. Um, however, on the flip side of that, I feel like that's on WWE's hands to have better explained that because I feel like unless you're paying yeah. super close attention and yeah, focusing on every word and reading in between uh, the lines and everything, you're not going to put that those those things together. Like we yeah, we, yeah. we speculated yeah. that when it happened and all of that that Goldberg this this Goldberg match made no sense because Goldberg wasn't on his list. This and that and the other. And they've kind of, like you mentioned, like Bray Wyatt did, uh, like touch on it, but they didn't. Like they spend so much time trying to fucking get stupid names over with ha- by having a uh, fucking Michael Cole say it thirty-seven times per episode, but they don't have him have the announcers, you know, explain things like that that are important. No, like, that's you're the right. thing that was are. great about yeah. like Jim Ross and and Lawler is they they would explain these things as if you were watching or you were listening to a radio show and you couldn't yeah. see what was going on. So like there was no miscommunications, no missteps on that. So they they dropped the ball on explaining that that battle wasn't for the fiend. That battle was basically Bray just using the fiend to not have to face Goldberg himself, and it just the fiend wasn't interested. The fiend didn't care, right? And, yeah, and, and it's like right. when you and have they should have explained that better. And and Bray explained it, but you had to be paying attention to his Twitter, yeah. listening closely in his promos, and he has such a riddle way of talking sometimes. It's, Exactly. Like you, you've you know, got yeah, it, it should have been cryptic Mr. Rogers and it's not going to come off to the, 
to right. someone who's not like that vested in it. No, like, you're totally right. You're totally right. I yeah. I, yeah. I, but I 100% agree. agree with you. Like it, 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 it does make sense that that's why he lost. However, I still stand that the match should have just never happened at all. Like right. there was no, there, there, <laughs> listen, this isn't, this isn't Ninja Turtles three. You can't just pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> All right, so no Kevin this week, so we're not. And I will say though, you know, if we're going to continue on with this, uh, this little bracket thing we're doing for catchphrases, I, I did put out a Twitter poll to find out which one we should use for the Rock. Uh, I put four on there. It was if you smell what the Rock is cooking, laying the smackdown on all the candy asses. It doesn't matter. And then finally, the Rock has come back, and the winner of the poll with thirty-seven percent of the votes was it doesn't matter what the winner is uh no yeah it doesn't matter was the uh the the fans seem to like that the best so that's the one we'll go with and we'll have kevin draw this little bracket up i could you think of anybody else that we needed to have a poll for like i don't know kurt angle maybe you know, there's a few i mean kurt angle has that. like two or three that i feel like could be on there yeah um maybe maybe someone like flair who does have like you gotta beat the man to be the man and like Limousine, limousine riding, jet yeah. flying, and and obviously woo. Like right. I feel like the, there's a couple you could do for Ric Flair. Um, I mean, Triple H has a lot, but none of his are like really like things that are just like you instantly think of when you think Triple H. Like I if you if you, like if you tell me to think of something Triple H has said, I'm instantly gonna go to Are You Ready and go DX. Right. I'm not gonna think of anything he's ever said while he was in evolution. And I'm certainly not going to like go to the game gimmick just because like it didn't, it was more of him just being this like badass than him, like having one liners. Yeah. Like, you're right. His character. You're right. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else really who like even current day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, new day could possibly have a few. Cause you got who you get new. Yeah. Who new, new day, day rocks. rocks. Um, uh, the WWE World, World. Uh, and then like the beginning of their music when Biggie's like, oh, ah, yeah. Brooklyn or whatever city they're in, don't oh, you dare oh, be sad. <laughs> Uh, Booker, do we do one for Booker T? Because I feel like he's we got didn't a do lot. one for Booker. Yeah, Booker's so we've got, got like right, we, we've got like five here. time, five time, five time. Yeah. We've got uh, can you King dig it, sucker? <laughs> we've got King Booker. We've got yeah. um, uh, and you have to put in like asterisks, pinky raised. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we've got oh, what was his other one? His uh, tell me you did not just say that. Yeah, you're right. And tell then. Me. And then uh, yep. when uh, when he was feuding with Austin and Austin did what he was doing uh, what was his why or who or whatever yeah. he was doing he, he did something but I can't remember what it was um, but yeah Booker T has quite a few I feel like he yeah, should he deserves right. a fair yeah, shake Booker, Booker T all right so um, Booker T Angle Flair if you think of any other ones you let me know we'll yeah. try and get those out there so we can we can start getting that uh, that wrapped up but uh, other than that man anything else before we wrap this out. Um, I, th- I mean, we covered all four shows and we talked about, uh, impact, even though neither of us watch it. Yeah. I, I've watched a little <laughs> bit. That's, that's why I brought, I mean, I am fortunately going to have to like start watching it on Twitch or something just because Myers is on there and yeah. I've become a mark for their, their fucking major wrestling figure podcast. So uh, now I'm like, fuck now I have to watch garbage show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I need to go back to typing my paper. 
pass out. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening to the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed. Make sure you check us out on all of our social media accounts. Like you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Live Your Gimmick. You can also follow Media Junkie, which is the company we do this for, at Media Junkie Vids, also on Instagram and Twitter. We have a cool YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash media junkie. Mike even has his own little YouTube show called what, Mike? Uh, it's not little. Excuse you. Right. Um, it's ridiculously it is, long. <laughs> it is a modern toy fair. And on Fridays, me and Jamar from Why Are You a Gamer do modern toy fair news where we talk about the weekly news and toys. And then on Mondays I do the modern toy fair reviews where I choose an action figure that I've recently gotten and review it. Um, so if you were thinking about getting some, but we're on the fence, you can be like, Oh, that looks like shit. Or you can be like, Oh, I'm definitely going to go Amazon that now. Um, we also have both Twitter and Instagram where we have figure photography and we currently have a giveaway going on. Uh, so if you want, you can go to social media. You actually have to enter the contest. There is a post. You either have to retweet with the hashtag modern toy fair 100 or on Instagram. You have to share the post to your actual page, not your story uh, with the same hashtag modern toy fair 100. And you must be subscribed to the YouTube channel. Essentially, once we hit the hundred subscriber mark, we're going to be giving away the NECA merch bundle for the musical mutagen tour it comes with a t-shirt tote bag uh backstage pass uh, guitar picks and i feel like there's something else i'm missing but hey it's it's you know it's something cool that you could get for free just by subscribing and uh retweeting or sharing so cool. go check it out maybe we need to do something similar for that contest that we try to run Let's do it that way instead of I've, I've given up i'm just gonna send those to fucking kevin no don't do that we'll, we'll, we'll give it away a different way <laughs> All right, cool. Well, thank you. And how's everything? You broke up. Try that again. How's everything going with tpublic.com with your t-shirts? Oh, uh, things are going pretty good. Um, if you'd like to support me, go to tpublic.com. You can search Modern Toy Fair, Gimmick Minute, Media Junkie, Fanboy Fight Club, Why Are You a Gamer? I have shirts of all of our logos. Tons of different options for masks, which, I mean, <laughs> given the current state of the, the country and the world, I would definitely suggest investing in one. They're pretty cheap and they're pretty cool looking. Um, and then, of course, I have tons of different T-shirts designs that uh, to choose from. So you can uh, check those out. If you see something, pick it up. Great. If not, I appreciate you at least looking. I was wearing my Bebop and Rocksteady Knuckle Sandwich Shop T-shirt today. So I, I wore that when I went uh, hunting at Target for NECA Turtles. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys again for listening. Friends, if you have app, leave us a five-star review. Make sure you comment how the show we do appreciate you listening to this week's episode of the show um if uh you know like i said you can always hit us up on our socials if you want to join the conversation so i always leave you with this little line remember to be a fan and always live your gimmick goodbye everybody Kevin.